This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go to you. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Radio on Saturdays, and today, Hot Ham Wednesday, John Ham, you're here with me. We're, at, we're recording at night. We never record at night. John Ham, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I just hit the lottery by playing the numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, and 42. <laughs> John, so I want to get this out of the way first. We have some fresh takes on the lottery and your fr- we do. your fresh takes today are brought to you by Anchor Down. Anchor Down is a gourmet corn dog restaurant located in downtown Oklahoma City off Second Street in Deep Deuce. Uh, they I, I can't say enough about their salad, and the reason is that I actually eat it. I went there the other night with my wife, and we ate it together, and it was just great. And we decided that the reason that it's so great is because the ingredients are incredibly fresh. I think that's why Anchor Down is so good in general. It's like all their ingredients are fresh, even with their corn dogs, with everything. Just so fresh, so good. Um, their potato chips are really good. So go check out Anchor Down. You can grab a beer and a corn dog or the salad, whatever. It's all great. Uh, go check out their patio inside. They're open late. So if you are somebody who likes to go out late and you need somewhere to eat, uh, Anchor Down is your place for that. Also a great place for lunch. So, John... The draft lottery happened tonight. I love the draft lottery. I think it's so fun. Uh, There's a lot riding on this for a lot of teams. And um, if you haven't seen, and we're the first people to tell you, first of all, I feel really honored to be able to share this with information with you. Um, but they, uh, here, here's the order. So we'll just, we'll give kind of the, the top five and then we can discuss it. So Boston, the Boston Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals have the first pick in the draft. Oh man, uh, the Lakers. Now, here's 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 my thing, Andrew. Uh, yeah, Bill, Billy King should have been there. <laughs> the, oh, I agree. He should have been representing Boston tonight. Uh, <laughs> oh, poor Brooklyn. What a what a sad situation. Yeah. I mean they they need Markel Fultz really bad, but instead he's going to a team that doesn't need him at all. Um, <laughs> The Lakers got the second pick, and they just continue to just have this streak of luck that only can be one-upped by the Warriors. Like, no one – it's just ridiculous. It's unreal that they've done this three years in a row. This pick should have gone to Philadelphia as part of the Steve Nash trade. Right. But, no. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how they did that. It's ridiculous. I – I, I don't know. So instead, their 2018 pick will go to Philadelphia to fulfill all of those trades, and they get to keep their 2019 first-round pick yep. uh, that does not go to Orlando after all. Right, and they only have to convey 2017 and 18 second-round picks now for that Howard trade, right? Yep. Man, freaking lucky Lakers. Uh, Philly, who several years in a row they could have had like multiple picks in the first round and everybody loves to talk about the scenarios well that was squashed again by a couple things by the lakers and then sacramento who lucked out so philly gets the third pick and that's it uh phoenix got four then sacramento oh Oh, go ahead ahead. i was gonna say we just buried the lead okay but yeah yeah uh, go ahead and go through number five uh phoenix got four and sacramento (laughs) just squeaked out the fifth pick um and so they pick at 10 and 5 so we get to have a lot of Vlade talk here but uh, no. go go ahead go ahead John okay so Philadelphia gets the 3 pick Sacramento actually got the third pick Philadelphia oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. got the fifth pick it's the, it's the pick swap yes so because Sacramento had to have Ray John Rondo and Costa Kufos 
and Marco Bellinelli, they're swapping picks now. So that's how Philadelphia, that's how Philadelphia went up in the top three. And oddly enough, the top three teams in this year's draft are the same top three teams in last year's draft. That's true. We've seen we've seen a lot of Boston Lakers and Philly over the last few years. <laughs> and Boston only at the hands of our man Billy King. Yes. Um yeah. this is a it was a crazy draft lottery. And now, I mean, there's the Celtics have so many directions they can go. They could flip this pick for Paul George or for Jimmy Butler probably very easily. Um they can keep Markel Fultz and they can, you know, move forward with him and Jalen Brown. And then they could even flip Isaiah to somebody, probably somebody here in the top 10 and grab another lottery pick. Uh, they could do the same with Al Horford if they wanted to move in a different direction. Um, they could keep all these guys, trade for Jimmy Butler, like I said, bring in Gordon Hayward, and then be a team that could try to take down LeBron and challenge the Warriors. Um, even Blake Griffin would be a guy that they could go after this summer. There's just a lot, yeah. of, a lot of things that Boston can do, and I, it's Boston obviously has a very rich history and a lot of excitement. But this is one of the more exciting times to be a Boston Celtics fan, um, especially in the the age of Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable how Ainge was able to disassemble that uh, that big three plus Rondo team mm-hmm. collect all these first round picks. They only fell, they only fell down like one year. Right. And that's when they drafted, they, they got Marcus smart and then they just started building right back up and have been better every year since then. So uh, it's, it's remarkable. You, you usually don't see that type of bounce back that quickly, but uh, thanks Brooklyn. Thanks Brooklyn. And thanks Ryan McDonough for giving them yeah. Isaiah Thomas for nothing. Basically, yeah, that too, that too. So, oh man, it was like yeah, a second dude. rounder, right? Like there was like, I don't even remember what else it was, but it was like a second round pick for Isaiah Thomas, which is just so absurd. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, so uh, it was it was Sacramento signed and traded Thomas to Phoenix, and that was for a second round pick and a generated trade exception. Mm-hmm. And then uh at the trade deadline is when phoenix sent him to boston it was for a first round pick it wound up being a mid first round pick and i can't even remember exactly who it was but that's right which is kind of crazy like the 14th or 15th pick or something like that um yeah Yeah. that's (laughs) i'm wondering that did that turn out to be devin booker or or am i looking at that wrong no i don't think that's right i think that people i think that that would have been talked about um I I'll have to go look that up. Yeah, let's 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 do a Google Pod. Um, <laughs> this is definitely not a Google Pod. This is a a Reddit mailbag. So the people that run the the Reddit site for the for the Thunder, I don't know how to talk about Reddit because I'm really I'm I'm on there a little bit, um, but I'd like to be more involved. But um, it's um, our Thunder asked us to do a Reddit mailbag, and so we got lots of questions from you guys. Thanks so much for. Uh, submitting these we're going to go get through as many as we can right now uh so we'll and john feel free to jump in if you find that info on the internet and just throw it in any any time that you'd like um efforting i'm efforting okay if, yeah i i wonder if that pick turned out to be georges Papianis, <laughs> who was then traded to sacramento that seems right <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, right. I don't know if that's right, but that just seems right <laughs> that they would get so little for him, um, and then wound up in the Marquise Chris trade. So may, maybe something like that. Yeah. Uh, let's go through our first question. Comes from on underscore rocket underscore false. His question is: Are the Thunder in a win now situation or rebuilding phase? I don't know. That's extremes, right? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, to, to me, you know, win now is like when you win 73 games and you have to go out and get the second best player in the NBA, you know, because you, you got to win now or, you know, something like that. Yeah. I see that as, as like win now or even like what Toronto tried to do, mm-hmm. right, when they when they made those deadline deals and 
Um, and then, you know, re, uh, a rebuilding phase to me is what Orlando's been doing for the past five years right. or Sacramento for the past Philly. 15. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it's something it's something in between there where they're actually winning and building at the same time. Yeah. And, and you have to you, you can look at a team like the Houston Rockets who never bottomed right. out. Right. Um, and they kind of stayed as this kind of middling team, fringe playoffs, and the Thunder are actually better than that. Um, but I see a similar path where you just jump on opportunities as they come to you. And yep. some things really worked out for the Rockets. Some things didn't at all. Obviously, the Harden deal that I don't want to talk about at all, that really worked <laughs> out for them. You know, Dwight Howard at the time looked like that looked like a slam dunk. That looked like, mm-hmm. wow, this is going to be a contender. Uh, yep. Obviously, that didn't work out. And if you remember that summer, Golden State was like his second choice. <laughs> how, yeah. How different would the NBA be had Dwight Howard chosen to go to the Warriors? Um, then they wouldn't have Andre Godala. Who knows what Godala would have done? I mean, that whole the whole era, <laughs> Dwight Howard really shaped the league more than um, more than we think about because he could have easily gone to Golden State, and they would have never been very fun. And then you think about Houston. I mean, they had their share of first-round picks that didn't pan out. I mean, they mm-hmm. they wasted a good mid-round pick on Royce White. Right. Took a chance on him. Does that mm-hmm. sound like something that might have happened here locally, taking a chance on a guy? Sure. You know, um, you know Terrence Jones kind of had a moment, but they let him go for nothing. Mati Yunus, they, they wound up letting go for nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not they, – they've had some – they've had some good uh, – They've had some success, at least momentary, but, you know, it's not like that they drafted, like, the next big superstar next to, you know, Howard, I mean, next to Harden along the way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's been, like like I say, momentary success. Kind of like, oh, this worked well for now. Um, What next? Uh. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Thunder Thunder are definitely in between. And they they can go different directions here. And the thing that Sam has always said is he wants to sustain success. And... Some of that I feel like has come back to bite him a little bit because, I mean, Durant, in retrospect, said that he wishes that there would have been some older vets on the team. Um, But it does set them up now to be a team that is not going to fall off a cliff uh, because you have guys that are going to get better. Adams is going to get better. Vic is going to get better. Robertson's going to get better. Sabonis, Abrinas, all these guys, even Doug McDermott, who's just come on board, is going to get better uh, just because of age and being in the system and playing together, like these guys are going to get better around Russ. Uh, most of the improvement that the Thunder are going to see, and this is not what anybody wants to hear. This is not what people really want. But the major improvements that are going to come this summer for OKC is through uh, internal development. Um, unless Blake Griffin just says, tells the Clippers, hey, I'm leaving and I'm going to Miami or I'm going to OKC. And you can get assets from OKC or you get nothing and I go to Miami. Uh, and I don't think that's likely. Um, I mean, it could happen. I don't think that's likely. But uh, unless something crazy like that happens, OKC is going to be better next year because Sabonis is better, Jeremy Grant's better. Um, all these guys just improve over the summer. Uh, and that's how Sam Presti has set this up. He knows that. Uh, he would love to make a big a trade for a big guy, uh, like a, a superstar or another tier lower than a superstar. He'd love to have Gordon Hayward come. But those, I mean, those things are pipe dreams. So... Um, OKC's in just in a strange position right now where they are really neither. Um, so I, I hate that we <laughs> that's just the answer to your question. I'm sorry, but it's not, they're not, they're, it's kind of yes and no. And the, the thing about internal development that I, that I don't understand why people in this market roll their eyes at that idea when number one, it's been a proven model for the Thunder mm-hmm. over the years. And number two, before the Thunder came along, this was college territory. Right. And did anyone ever see a college freshman come in and say, oh, that running back is going to suck, you know, because he yeah. didn't get, you know. <laughs> no, everyone's like, oh, Barry Sanders, man, give, give that kid a couple of years. He's going to be really good. Or, you know, uh, if, if Buddy Heald puts up seven points a game as a freshman, no one says, God, you know, I can't, you know, hopefully he transfers, you know, or they shouldn't say that anyway. Um, like there's sort of this understood, like guys are going to get better as they age. And so I, I don't understand why there's still that like doubt on Oklahoma city's like model and that idea of internal improvement, because like we, sh- we should in this market 
understand that that is a viable path for this team. Yeah, and and to expect this team to make like a splashy free agent move. I mean, they they couldn't even do it when they had, you know, Durant and Westbrook and Ibaka and all those guys. I mean, they couldn't get Pau Gasol that summer. Like, yeah, and it's we. <laughs> It's a reason we have a chip on our shoulder here. It's a reason right. why we're there's a lot of frustration. But it's hard to talk these millionaire athletes who can live wherever they want in the whole world to come to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and you know, these are gonna be where your roots are. It's it's gonna take a special person to do that. And you know, that's why Blake Griffin is maybe a guy that would do it is because he knows this market and he knows this place. Maybe he does love it. Maybe he would want to mm-hmm. come back because he because he loves it. But a guy like Paul George coming here as a free agent, not not happening. A guy like Jimmy Butler as a free agent at some point, no. Uh, it's going to be, and this is what we've said all along, and it's kind of boring and it's not the fun, splashy answer. But the Thunder are going to improve through the draft and through trade. That's how they've always done it, and through the internal development of those things. Um, so that's that's the boring Sam Presti answer for all of this. I've uh, I, I've mentioned this elsewhere, probably even on this pod. But for example, there is a beautiful research institution in Boston, the Broad Institute. There is a beautiful research institute in San Diego that is literally on the beach, the Salk mm-hmm. Research. Um, if I were being competitively recruited by the research institute here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation, and those two, <laughs> I'm probably talking to you from a beach right now. Right. I'm just being completely honest. I hear you. Nothing against Oklahoma, but, I mean, it's the same concept. And, and look, it's not just like the NBA team that has trouble – getting multimillionaire athletes to come here. I mean, there's other businesses here that struggle to get and retain, you know, recruit and retain talent here. So right. it's, 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 it's an issue. So that's, that's kind of why the, that's kind of why the organization uh, has the plan that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from King of the puddle. He asked, would it be possible for us to sign Reddick on a short term deal to help our young shooters develop faster and find their shot? Shots more consistently. I think I answer this uh, really quickly, and we move on to the next one. Uh, JJ Redick wants twenty million, and that's what he's told his agent. That's what everybody he's telling everybody. So if you want me to come to your team, be prepared to have twenty million dollars. And the Thunder don't have it, so they can't do that. So anything that the Thunder don't, yeah, they don't they don't have the tool to make that happen. Yeah, and and if the Thunder were able to get twenty million dollars in salary, uh. JJ Redick would not be their target because he he's a very good player, but he's older. He's not as much of a game changer, and I think that Sam Presti would look at a guy like Abrinas McDermott and say, you know what, like maybe maybe that's their ceiling, and maybe that's the guy that we want them to be. Uh, and it would be great to have him there to teach them, but not twenty million dollars. I'm not paying twenty million dollars for a teacher. Right. Right. And, uh, and, yeah, it just it, it bears clarification that, I mean, the Thunder could have – they could be sitting on $30 million. Like right now, Sam Preston could have a throne made out of $100 bills that totals $30 million. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give that to Blake Griffin, but he doesn't have the – you know, does not have the salary cap tool available to make that happen. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you can just go ahead and count on the Thunder not – getting it they're not getting a big 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 time free agent they're going to get a small guy they would like to get a point guard or a wing or even a stretch four on the free agent market and it's going to be a small move that you're going to look at your buddy and you're going to say i don't really know who that is or oh man like that's not great or something it's not it's not going to be splashy uh they're they're just not going to unless it's via some strange sign and trade um, and then you're going to be buying his custom jersey midway through next season. That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> next question from Brad8675. How far would a team of all Russell Westbrooks get in a league where a te- where teams are made up of all one player? Who would win the title, and why is it Team Samaj? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. A team of LeBron James's would 
go undefeated. Yeah, that's, there's a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's the answer, right? <laughs> Gotta think so. A team of Russes would be super fun. Yeah. Um, but there's just no way anybody could beat LeBron. No. Oh my God! Can you imagine LeBron James posting up, draws a double team, kicks out to LeBron, who drives, and <laughs> and you know defender rolls over, who kicks out to LeBron for a three, and yeah. Can you imagine LeBron switching everything <laughs> defensively? <laughs> Man, what about all time? Do you think anybody could beat an entire team of Shacks? The issue would be getting getting the ball from himself to himself in the low post. <laughs> Orla- uh, Orlando Shaq. Orlando Shaq was pretty devastating. But then at a certain point, I mean, if you're playing a full a team full of LeBrons, LeBron's going to be chucking in some threes occasionally, and then it's going to be trading twos for threes. That's true. I just think I just think LeBron. Uh, I mean, just all around as an inside outside player at that size and that skill set and that defensive that oh man yeah a team of all shacks though here's how you play a team of all shacks you have Mm -hmm. one at each rim and they neither of them move right (laughs) Um, right and you're just able to just protect the rim and then just heave it down the court to, to the to the other shack, and he just dunks it every time. Yeah, and you just gotta then hope that, that they miss jumpers. I, I want to see since we're doing all time. I want to see Team Shack versus Team Wilt. Yes, because that might be pretty entertaining. That would that would be really fun. Oh man! All right, back to the real world. Next question. <laughs> uh, team Samaj would that. I'm so I can't even talk about how mad I am about that being a thought in my head. Um, from Doc underscore Marlo, uh, what should we get Noah Westbrook for his birthday? Uh, next year, I guess it'd be next year. Like, I, what do you get a newborn baby? Like diapers, sustenance, diapers. Just let, let me tell you. If you have a friend or you have a family member that is expecting a child, here's what you do. Get them diapers. That's true. Uh, now we know they it's a boy. Uh, what about a, a, yeah. a, a, what are they called? A PPTP? Have you seen those? I have not. It's this, this, this little cloth that looks like a TP. And you put it on uh, the, the baby weenie and so they don't pee on you when you're changing their diaper. Because that's well, a that's thing. information I could have used several years ago. I know, because them peeing on you is a real thing. <laughs> and someone gave. I remember someone gave that to us when we had our first son, and I was like, I just looked at it, and I was like, "What is this? It's just like this little cloth teepee." And you're like, "Is this like a toy? What is this?" Um, so I might get the Westbrooks one of those for his birthday. There you go. There you go. I like that. Um, this is from. F R M C to OKC. I don't know if uh, from C to OKC. There we go. I'm very smart man reading words. Um, <laughs> hey guys, longtime fan. What would it take to move up from 21 to the 7 to 10 range? And is there a late lotto guy you want us to move up for? Uh, go go ahead and answer this, John. What do you think? Well, I mean, with the with the lotto results. In tonight, can they get into the seven nine range or seven to ten range? Probably. I mean, I I, I still think that number ten pick uh, is something that could be negotiated for. Yes. You know, we've thrown to get we've thrown out a lot of ideas on you know maybe conjuring up a canter trade maybe with Charlotte, including that eleven pick. So I think there's some possibilities there. Yeah, no question. I think that Kings trade or Kings pick can be had. Uh, they're picking at five, and maybe they want to move forward with two lotto guys. But I, I can just envision them really liking Ennis Cantor and being talked into the fact that he is a twenty and ten guy, and you trade twenty one and Cantor for the tenth pick. And I would love to have Willie Cauley Stein back, but um, I don't know that they would do that and give back Costa Kufus. You know, 
Um, hey, it's it's Vlade. He might give us Buddy too. Okay, you never know. <laughs> no, he's not giving up the Buddy. <laughs> you never know. Like, what is if if they get a moment where Vivek is like, fine, trade whoever you want. You know, mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll we'll do it then. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think something like that is like not crazy to think about. Yeah. You know, if, if we're predicting a particular trade, that means it's never going to happen. <laughs> no, that's right. Now that we've spoken it, it won't happen. <laughs> it won't. Ha- if we can think of it, then it's it's pretty dumb. It's yeah. not. <laughs> it's not nearly complicated enough to be a real NBA trade. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do think there are some possibilities if if that's what you know if that's what the team is looking to do. I think there are some possibilities to potentially move up. Yes. And my target at 10 is OG Ananobi out of Indiana. Uh, he's He could play the three and the four. He's got crazy defensive instincts. His shot doesn't look incredibly broken. Uh, he's hurt, and they don't really have a clear timeline on him yet. Uh, but that's the guy that I go for because I think that he has tremendous upside. And I think that he could possibly turn into like that second guy next to Russell Westbrook. And if he's not, then your his floor is like Robertson. Like that's his floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and his ceiling is not as good as Kawhi Leonard, but a guy that can be a three and D guy that can play the three and the four. And hopefully he can he can hit a corner three. And if he can do that, like that's an extremely valuable player because you can put him on anybody and if he can hit an open shot uh, that's a that's a slam dunk. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's another guy. I thought he'd be available at 21. His draft stock has changed tremendously over the past week. Uh, he measured with a 6'10 wingspan, and he's 6'3. So that I mean that changes the type of defender that he can be at the next level. So and he also <clears throat> he interviews very well, and uh, teams caught on to him quickly at the combine, and so his draft stock has just soared. He's up into the lottery now. He'd be another guy you could look to select at 10. Um, I'm not quite as high on him at 10 as I was at 21. So I would I would go for OG. I need to look more at Jonathan Isaac. I know this is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Draft Express has had him, you know, going, going a little bit higher than that. But, I mean, looking at the measurables and as a potential three-man, and, and I, I don't know. I, that one I, I'd want to look at a little bit closer. I, I don't know a whole lot about his game. Um, that one's kind of intriguing. Yeah. No, he's I mean, he's he's the definition of high upside. He's got mm-hmm. he's got high ceiling, low floor written all over him. And yeah, you just the, you just never know. He could be Giannis, or he could be Michael Beasley, and. Right, who, or Perry Jones. Who knows? Or, Perry, or even worse, Perry Jones, a guy who can't play in the right. NBA. Um, yeah. Let's talk more about the draft. This is from Evan Flo. Evan Flo. There we go. Reading things is good. Uh, taking a look at many mock drafts and assuming that the Thunder keep the player Presti drafts, what are our opinions on the following prospects? Uh, there are a few guys that I'm just going to go ahead and admit I don't really know a lot about these guys. Um, but there's a few that I can comment on. You know much about Jonathan Motley, the power forward out of Baylor? I'm not too, nope. I'm not familiar with his game. Uh, Luke Kennard out of Duke. He's a 6'6 combo guard. Uh, I like him. I think that he's going to be able to play. I think he's a role player in the league. I don't think he's got a high ceiling. Uh, but I do think that he can come in and give minutes off the bench for the Thunder. I wish he had a little bit more heavy point guard skills, uh, but I think that he would be sufficient as a backup. He can shoot a little bit. He's big enough to yep. where he can have a little more defensive potential than some of these other guys. So uh, I like him. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be very happy if that's who the Thunder got at twenty one. Yep. So other guys that mentioned here, uh, we've talked a little bit about. Uh, I, I'm probably going to mispronounce the first name. Rodians corrects. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce the first name, so um, I'll let you say it. That's that's probably close enough. Uh, basically, this this is an avenue if the Thunder want to stash a prospect, mm-hmm. um, then that way they you know that would give them a little bit more a little bit 
more money to work with, you know, this summer if if they're trying to um, trying to fall under the the luxury tax line, they could stash him. And it's possible that they get to twenty one and say, you know, look, no one's really going to help the team this year, mm-hmm. so why not stash someone and then we'll go, you know, look for something else in free agency. Yeah. Um, so I think that's I think that's uh, potential. Yeah, potential yeah. option as well. Yeah, I I like the idea of of Kurex and what he could potentially bring to the Thunder. I mean, if the Thunder are looking to bring in a three man, like just go ahead and draft him, uh, because these other guys, Justin Jackson is the next guy they want to talk about. I don't like I don't like him as a prospect at all. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I'm not really sold on him either. I think that he's more of a shooting guard and a guy that will defend shooting guards. Uh, Harry Giles scares the crap out of me. Um, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't draft him. Um, I still think he's going to, I think he's going to wind up going higher. I just do. I feel, I feel like someone is going to take a chance on him. Yeah, probably so. And he may end up being good, but guys like that scare me. Like he's, he's, oh yeah, no doubt. Very Perry Jones esque where he's like, "Ah, we really don't know, but this guy's like a crazy athlete and, but his injuries scare me, his, that we really didn't even get to see what he could do this year um, and that he was very tentative. I mean, it's, it's, all those things are scary. Um, and then Tyler, if if, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, if I'm Portland and I've got three first round picks, I might be willing to take a, to take a flyer on him. So, yeah. yeah. And if I'm OKC, uh, I'm not, I'm not taking any crazy chances in this draft because I think the Thunder need to get somebody that can play. Uh, they could really benefit from having a role player on a rookie scale deal going forward because they are going to be challenged by the salary cap. And they, yeah. if they can get a role player on a rookie deal, uh, that would help tremendously. Uh, and then Tyler Lydon from, or Lydon from Syracuse. I don't know how people say that. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about him. Uh, I'm not a fan. He's a 6'10 shooter. Uh, he could stretch the floor, uh, but I'm not, convinced he's going to be anything more than like a very Matt Bonner Matt Bonner or yeah I mean Matt Bonner's great because he's a poor man's Ryan Anderson and <laughs> maybe I mean if he's as good as Matt Bonner then that's probably his ceiling I don't yeah I'm not a fan uh Semi Ojale we talked about him some he's a three and D uh forward uh low IQ I'm not. A, I don't think the Thunder need guys with low IQs, so I wouldn't be upset if they drafted him because I do think that he could fit a need off the bench. But uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of guys that have low IQs for this team. I think that with no. with KD and Russ, I think that you can bring in low IQ guys and that just have like two jobs. Like your job is play defense and spot up shoot. The Thunder can't do that anymore. They need guys that can play and that can move the ball and create because the the Thunder this model that they had this season is not sustainable. They need to have people that can create on their own. That's why a guy like Kirk's makes a lot of sense. Kennard makes sense. Um, and Ananobi eventually makes sense. Donovan Mitchell makes a ton of sense. All those guys would be great. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and also I'll preface all of that with that. Uh, there are a lot of people that know way more about the draft than me. I love the draft, um, and I've researched all these guys some, but we're going to have people on in the future that know a lot more than I do. Um, so just preface all those opinions on that, and I'm inevitably wrong about a lot of things. So, <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. that Yeah, analyzing the draft is not one of my strengths. It's it's incredibly difficult for for all these guys. That's why Chad Ford changes his mock drafts. After the uh, yeah, right. <laughs> after the after the draft is over, yeah. Uh, uh, this is from Spectras. Hey Andrew. Hey John. Hey. Hey, hey man. <laughs> I was wondering if the, the Thunder decide to bring Victor Oladipo off the bench and basically just run the second unit. Would Alex Abrinas be a good fit to start at the two next year? I'll take my answer off the air. Here's one thing to consider: <clears throat> is that I think Victor Oladipo has a voice in this mm-hmm. um, and, and, and not just because it's Victor Oladipo. I mean, I, I think at the professional level, usually a lot of players have, have a lot of say and, in, in these sorts of things. I mean, sometimes you get a guy like Jason Terry, that's like, no, I, I, I want to come off the bench. Right. Um, I think I'm more comfortable doing that. I think Oladipo is a guy that 
you know, maybe he feels like, look, I'm, I'm more comfortable in the starting lineup. I'm not comfortable running the second unit, even though we, we think maybe he has the ability to maybe, you know, it's Oladipo saying, I, I, that might not be good for me. So, um, that's, that's what I would caution on rather than just assigning like, this is what you're going to do. You know, maybe the player has a little bit of a say in this too. Yeah. I mean, that's something to definitely consider. And here, here's how I think that the Thunder move Oladipo to the bench is if they can get a three man, they feel like is a starting caliber three this summer. I don't know how they do it. I don't know who it is. Um, but if they get somebody like Gallinari, let's say Gallinari yep. somehow winds up here in a sign trade. Awesome. We're going to put Vic to the bench. He's going to run the second unit. Slide Robertson over to the two. The Thunder are going to just be a massive team. Uh, but now they have a creator on the wing that can create his own shot, also get to the free throw line, and stretch the floor for Westbrook. Great. I think that's how it happens. I don't think that it's going to be somebody on the roster bumping Vic to the bench at this point because he's too high in the pecking order, uh, especially over a guy like Abrinas. I think that eventually Abrinas could move into the starting role. I don't think that it's next year. And maybe, I mean, Victor Oladipo is a guy that could be traded. I think that his salary is going to be very tradable. I think that him as a 3 and D guy is going to be very attractive to a lot of teams. And maybe they can, maybe that would help bring a three man back to OKC um, or something like that. But I, I, I would agree with you. I think that he stays as the starting two. Um, unless something comes along where they can bring in a better player to start and move him to the bench. But I, I, as is, if they move forward like this, I expect Abrinas to come off the bench and be one of the guys that kind of anchors the scoring of the second unit. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree there. It could very well be, let's say, you know, at some point next season, Abrinas is just, you know, blowing people's socks off. I mean, this is what happened with Ibaka, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, realize, wow, I think this guy can really play, and I think it'd really help our team if we could get him in the starting lineup. And, you know, then the move of Jeff Green happens, and, and the Thunder defense becomes what it was. So something like that could certainly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just – that's one thing that I think that, that maybe people should consider a little bit when they when they talk about why doesn't the coach do X, Y, and Z with, you know, with this player. You know, a lot of times this is kind of collaborative. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is from two fly five, which is more important: getting an NBA caliber wing or getting a competent backup point guard. It's point guard. Do do you disagree? No, I completely agree with that. Completely agree. Yeah, the Thunder's point guards are just so bad. Uh, everybody behind Russ um, arguably shouldn't be in the NBA. So, and they <clears throat> and they have wings, and I know they're not great, and I know that they're not elite, but you've got. Guys like McDermott and Robertson, who are functional NBA players. Uh, and, you know, Abrinas will play on the wing some. Jeremy Grant probably shouldn't play on the wing, but they'll put him on the wing some. I mean, they've got guys that can fill that role. The The problem with the point guard position is they, they don't have one. They don't have any of them. Um, so yeah. they have, they've got to make a move this summer to get somebody at the backup point or tell Oladipo that he's running the backup duties. Even even coming from the starting position, he just comes out early or something. Um, yeah. So it's it's competent backup point guard, no doubt. Uh, from Tripod1404, what is the ceiling for Westbrook, Oladipo, Adams, Cantor, Robertson, Grant, and McDermott? Um, I think Russ's ceiling is where he's at. I don't know how if he can get much better. Maybe he can be a better shooter. Um, but he's the MVP, so... Yeah, we, we've hit prime Westbrook at this point. Yep. Uh, Oladipo, I think Vic's got a, he's got a ways to go still. He's still a young player. Uh, he's shown himself to be a 3 and D guy, at least here in OKC, for a year. I think that for him to be better, he's got to be able to put the ball on the floor and be more aggressive and get to the, and get to the bucket and draw fouls. So if he can be a guy that can draw fouls and go to the line 10 times a game, like that's a fringe all-star is is what he can become uh but he shies away from contact a lot doesn't get to the line has a low assist rate uh, but if he can do two things up his assist rate up his free throw rate now you're talking about a guy that can be your second score and a guy that can do a lot for this team so i don't know if he can do those things but i think that's his ceiling as a three and d guy 
um, and he can carry help you carry an offense um, every once in a while. Yeah, and those are the things that in preseason why I, I made the bold prediction that he would make a Western Conference All-Star team, which was really bold. <laughs> was but, bold. <laughs> some hot but, ham. It was some hot ham, all right. But no, it was, it was a lot of those things that I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, he did improve as a shooter mm-hmm. uh, in, in Oklahoma City. I don't think there's any doubt, but some of that kind of came at the cost of, like you said, some of his aggressiveness and you know going into the basket and getting the free throw line and um, – you know, I, I think there's still room to improve that while not sacrificing the improvements you've made on the offensive end. Yep. Uh, Steven Adams, I see man, it's really hard to project Steven Adams because I thought he'd be more involved in the offense this season, and I still think that he will be going forward. Uh, but it's really hard to project what he can be. I mean, he can be something from a Tyson Chandler-esque player where he's just going to be like a 10 and 10 type of guy who's going to be your rim defender, which is not a bad thing. Um, but I, ex- I've expected more or I'm, or you can see him as a Mark Gasol ish player, a guy that can run the offense out of the high post. He's got the passing ability. He's got the vision. He's got the touch to do a lot of things. Gasol does, um, Royce Young thinks that he's going to be able to shoot threes at some point in his career because they you see him step out. He's got good form. So I think his probably his ceiling is like a maybe not scoring quite as much as Marc Gasol does, but like a Marc Gasol-ish player who's kind of a jack of all trades and anchors your defense. I think like that could that would be his ultimate ceiling. I don't know that he has the mentality to do that um because he's such a he has such a team identity and it's going to take a reshaping of that over the next few years, but he's still very young. Uh, so it's possible, but I think that the more likely outcome for him would be like a Tyson Chandler. I'm going to defend the rim. I'm going to be able to switch out and I'm going to dunk the ball and have and be able to score a little bit around the basket. I've made uh, made this comparison a few times when he was 23 years old. DeAndre Jordan averaged 7.4 points and 8.3 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few years later, he's an all-NBA player and an all-star. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I feel like Steven has got – if we went back to 2011 and started talking about DeAndre Jordan, it, would people really think that was in store for him? I don't know. Maybe maybe some people did, but – Yeah, um, probably not. No. Right. So that's where I think Steven has got a lot of room to grow – um, you know, especially offensively with this team. And, and I think uh, I, I, I forget which which smarter voice it was, if it was Royce or Fred or both, that said he just needs to basically understand, like, you can do this. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. That's his, it's his, one of his best traits and one of his worst traits is that yeah, he no cares so much about the team and basically wants to get out of, the, wants to play defense and get out of the way. A lot yeah. of times, and you know he he will be a DeAndre player if if that's what he continues to do. Um, but he's got better touch than DeAndre. He's got better hands than DeAndre does. Uh, he's got better pat. He's a better passer than DeAndre is. Although DeAndre is a, maybe a better passer than a lot of people think he is. Uh, Stephen Adams has the potential to be a lot better than that. Um, and so, DeAndre is a better rebounder, a better shot blocker. But I mean. Sure. Kind of the comparison is, is is the growth curve. I mean, yeah, Jordan became became a lot better uh, over those subsequent four or five years. So therefore, I, I think Adam still has a, a similar room to improve as well. Yeah, uh, I think Canner's going to be kind of the player he is now. He might add a three point shot, maybe. We'll see. Uh, Robertson also, I think he's kind of the player he's going to be. Jeremy Grant is really intriguing as a player going forward, because if he can like be a real three point shooter and I'm still not convinced that he is a real three point shooter, but if he can mm-hmm. be and be a rim defender, um, man, that's a really, that's a, that's a player that you want. And a guy that can switch out on a lot of players, be basically a, a, a mini version of a Baca. So that's, I mean, that'd be great. The I'd, thing about Grant is rebounding, not his strong suit. Oh no. It's really not, and and so that that's one of my concerns. I mean, I, I've the, you know I floated out the idea of him becoming a starting four for this team, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a couple of ways that might make sense, but yeah, he would have to become a better rebounder, and, and maybe he's maybe he doesn't have that skill set. Um, but yeah, the rebounding numbers for him are not particularly good. Yeah, so. but and this has always been the case for the Thunder, and it hasn't changed yet, is that you don't have to be a strong rebounder at the four for the Thunder to be successful because you have the best rebounding point guard in the NBA. Uh, Oladipo's a good rebounder. Robertson's a good rebounder. Adams is a good rebounder. So you can afford to have a guy that stretches out. um, And there's going to be more stretch fours in the league as time goes on. So the value of Russell Westbrook's rebounding, as much as people want to discuss how valuable it is, uh, is huge for this team. And, you know, Jeremy Grant's lack of that is hidden tremendously because of Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting. Uh, let's do two more. This is from RetroBro90. Hey, Andrew, big fan of the pod. Thank you very much. I know you're very enamored with Jawan Evans, but hypothetically, if the Thunder were to draft a PG that was not him, who would you select? Side note, Terrence Ferguson is from Tulsa. Not sure if that was ever brought up on the pod, but interesting fact nonetheless. I know he's not a point guard. Uh, I did not know Terrence Ferguson was from Tulsa. So that is a, I did not did not know that either. It's a cool fun fact. Um, I don't I don't like Terrence Ferguson for one reason, and I mentioned it earlier, is that I I can he's very thin. I I think he'll defend twos in the league, and the Thunder don't need any more twos at this point in time. Yeah. Um, they they're covered in that position. So uh Juwan Evans would be would be I think that he would be good. I do think that he would struggle fitting there next to Westbrook and that would be his only real blemish. Um is that they couldn't play them together a lot because Juwan is short. He's he measured at five eleven. Yeah. Uh he did measure with a six five wingspan, so like he's got a a good wingspan. I think they said that he has the longest wingspan for any 5'11 guy that's ever been measured at the draft combine. Um, so, I mean, that's good. I mean, I think that that helps. But do I, I don't think that's enough. Um, if the Thunder stay at 21, is, is there another point guard? I mean, Luke Kennard, who's like barely a point guard. He's a combo guard. I think that that's a guy that you'd look at. Um, other than that, like I think that you, I don't know that there's anybody that at that particular spot that you'd want to draft at the point guard position. I think there's some guys in the in the second round that would certainly be worth a flyer. I think Derek White out of Colorado is somebody that Mikey Bear and I talked about would be really really great. Uh, he's a bigger point guard, um, smart guy. I don't know. I don't know if, if he's an NBA player or not. Uh, Kobe Simmons out of Arizona, kind of a similar mold, a bigger point guard, not quite as big as Derek White. Um, I look, I try to like Monte Morris um, from Iowa State. He's a bigger guy. He's he's a six two, one seventy five. Like he's he's a decent sized point guard. Uh, Frank Mason's too small. Um, so those are the those are the kind of guys I'd look at. I, I wouldn't, I w- Kennard or. Jawan Evans would be the guys I would look at at that spot in particular for OKC. Obviously, if Donovan Mitchell were to fall, that would be ideal. But those are the guys I'd look at. Otherwise, I would try to buy a second-round pick because you can get Derek White um, in the mid-second round. So I wouldn't try to – I wouldn't reach for him like that. So Yeah. Uh, there's other ones in the second round, Edmund Sumner. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Xavier, who's a six-five point guard. You've got uh, PJ Dozier, who's a six-six point guard. From uh, yeah, I think he's more of a combo guard. But yeah, um, there there's some potential guys in the second round. Monte Morris from Iowa State. I like uh, Monte Morris. He he yeah. was really fun in the Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, yeah, you're right. You there at the top of the draft. There's obviously your you know your Fultz, your you know Ball and Fox and um, Dennis Smith, and, and you got some of those guys, and then there's like a gap there's a where there's gap. not, yeah, where there's not really it, it's you know unless you're really like overdrafting, um, you know there's just a bunch of other guys in other positions that are going to be available. So um, 
Yeah, it could could be second round is is where they looked at that, or again, free agency or trade, yeah. pick up someone that way. Yeah, and a guy that I that I can't stop thinking about since the Celtics got the first pick is Terry Rozier, out of Boston. Um, he's their backup yeah. point guard right now, or like their third point guard. I don't even know because Marcus Smart was. I don't even know if they call him a point <laughs> guard. He doesn't really play point guard. He does sometimes, but. Um, Man, that would be the guy that I'd look at because if if the Celtics come out and say we intend to keep Markel Fultz and move forward like this, uh, I'm on the phone with him every day until Rozier's traded or until Smart's traded. I I would get Terry Rozier. I think that that guy, uh, he's good. He's a real NBA player. Uh, he's got a pretty good three point shot. I think he can distribute some. I think that he's a real heady player. I, I like him a lot. And I think that he can play next to Westbrook. I think he can back him up. Uh, he's on a really great rookie deal. So, that, I mean, that's that's my guy. If I'm looking at a trade, that that is my guy. Let's just say this draft lottery is going to, is going to make a lot of things interesting. Yes. Um, you look at Orlando with the fifth pick. I mean, that could open up some guys like Aaron Gordon or Mario Hazonia mm-hmm. uh, potentially to deal. Um, Minnesota is going to get yet another talented guy um, that could shuffle things around. Um, yeah, there's. I, I think there's going to be – and we haven't even talked about the Lakers. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, I think you have to look at those guys and wonder, you know, what their futures are in L.A. So mm-hmm. – um, even if it's not Oklahoma City dealing directly, if, if they inject themselves in a multi-team trade, um, I think there's some guys that are going to shake loose, um, you know, from here until you know mid-July as, as a result of all this. Yeah, I think Marcus Smart's a guy that will be available too because I I don't know what his what do you pay him because I got to pay him next summer. Yeah, I know He's um, res- he'll be restricted and his market's going to be it's going to be really strange. Uh, because what do you do with a he's like a combo guard that's a defensive guard mostly he's like he's basically like a a ball handling tony allen and what do you do with a ball handling tony allen today i mean and he can't shoot to save his life i know it's i mean they if you watch the eastern conference final or the um eastern conference semifinals they they didn't guard him i mean he's yeah. i mean that that's why I prefer Rozier. I mean, Rozier's not like some like lights out shooter. He shot like thirty one or thirty two percent from three this season. Um, but he he was not afraid to take the shots. Um, Mark Smart, man, I I like him a lot. Obviously, he went to OSU, so obviously I, I like him. Um, but he's, I mean, he's he's a guy. He's a, I think he's a winner in the in the right. same way that Tony Allen is. But the Thunder just don't they don't have the need for another guy that's basically going to play two guard. I mean, he's basically a two guard this season. He shot 28% from three. He was 25% last year. Um, he's taken, he's, he has taken a shot. He took five three pointer attempts per game. Um, but that's per 36 minutes. He took, he played 30 minutes a game, took four shots, th- four three point shots a game at 28%. And that's just not really, that's not really good enough. Um, he's a, he's an okay distributor. He's, he's really not the pro I thought he'd be. Um, but he's a, just a bulldog perimeter defender. Um, and I don't have any clue what his market looks like. Um, or maybe somebody thinks he can be a a point guard. I don't know. I I really don't, I don't know what to think about him. I think that he can maybe be had a little bit easier, um, than Rosier just because of the contract situation. Could be. Uh, I mean, this is a guy, you know, he didn't shoot well in college either. He shot under 30% from three, and that's college three. Right. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, he does. He, he's got that toughness factor. And, mm-hmm. look, I mean, that that was that was one thing that attracted them to Dion. Right. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, because Dion was tough. And that's true. That's one, one thing you can say about Marcus Smart. He's tough. And, he, like you say, he's kind of a winner. He is tough, and he... Sam Presti was in Stillwater a lot in his last year at Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah. Sam Presti, <laughs> I can see him being a Sam Presti player because he 
tries really hard, great defender. I mean, Billy Donovan would play him 50 minutes a game because I think Billy <laughs> would absolutely love the way that he plays. He's got just incredible tenacity. Um, and he's still, I mean, he's still a younger player. I think that he's, he's 22, no, he's 23 years old. I just turned 23. Um, and he's a guy, he's a, a local guy. He's from Flower Mound, Texas. He went to Oklahoma state and those are things I think that the Thunder probably value or guys that like understand Oklahoma and would maybe even potentially want to stay. So, I mean, that's a possibility, but if I'm, if I'm the Thunder Rosiers, that's, that's my guy. It's possible that, that Presti was in Stillwater all that time just to see Phil Forte. I mean, because <laughs> Phil I Forte mean, is fun. He was fun to watch. It's possible. That was the entire reason why he was there so much. He's just a closet Cowboys fan. <laughs> uh, uh, last question from Alo underscore 14. There's been a lot of debate over Billy Donovan recently. Do you think he's the right man to lead us forward? Yes. <laughs> I don't have any reason to say no to this question. Right. Uh, I, I think this whole season, the management, the coaching staff, everybody deserves kind of a pass for this season. The They did not have a ton of time to prepare. They did not. This team is not molded in the way they want it to be ultimately. And a lot of that is that they're trying to figure it out. Like they're like, okay, yeah. well, what does a team like Russell with Russell Westbrook as a leader look like? And we don't have any good data on what that looks like. And I think that this season was one, the season of Russell Westbrook, and they set it up to be that way. And two, a season of let's gather some data on what kind of players we need to get. And I think they started to figure that out, and that's when they went and got Doug McDermott. Um, and he, Doug McDermott's a guy that's going to play the three and the four for the Thunder, stretch the floor, reliable shooter. Uh, the Thunder are figuring it out, and they figured it out along the way. Um, and I expect this team to look and play differently going forward. So uh, I don't think that there should be a lot of judgment passed on coaching staff or players and personnel. Um, this time next summer, I think, would be the time to have that conversation. Yep. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, these these things are difficult to recover from. I remember when Orlando lost Shaq. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let's just let's just go get another big man. They went and got Felton Spencer, who was this giant <laughs> human being. And after one game, it's like, ah, we need Ronnie Cycles. They went and got who who could score in the low post. And right. Like they they kept they they tried to find facsimiles of Shaq. Right. To replace Shaq right. and. Orlando had, you know, they had one good season, um, and then it, and then it completely came apart. Right. So, um, you know, so th- there's something to be said. Like Oklahoma said, he didn't run out and try to find, you know, okay, well, who who's who's the next uh, who's the next available Kevin Garnett? We'll go get that guy. Right. Well, that's um, that's well, that's why Rudy Gay terrified me so badly. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. are they looking around the league and saying, well, Rudy Gay can score? Man, do you see? They're looking at basketball reference. Do you see that PPG? Wow, per one hundred possessions, look what he's doing. This is crazy. Let's go get this guy. Yeah, like that. That scared the crap out of me. I'm glad that didn't happen because uh, I don't think that he would be. He's not a good fit for OKC, not at all. Um, so yeah, I Billy Donovan. I'm willing to give him another shot. There were some things in the postseason that I thought were not good, um, and. You know, I, I think there are some things that he did over the season that I thought were mistakes. I think playing Samaj is a mistake. I think that not playing Vic at the one was a mistake. I think that not playing Todd Gibson very much in the postseason, mistake. But that's also me knowing like a tenth of the amount of basketball or, <laughs> or even one percent of the amount of basketball that Billy Donovan knows. And so right. he will probably be able to explain it to me, and I'll go, oh, I don't know. I don't know nothing. I know nothing, Billy. But this is just from an outsider's perspective that there were some things that just seemed a little obvious that he should have been doing. Uh, but I'm willing to give him more time to before I say, like, he's not the guy that should be leading this team. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's the other thing, too, worth mentioning is that 
you know, like people like Donovan Presti. I mean, these are guys with multi-million dollar jobs. Like they have multi-million dollar responsibilities. Right. Right. So, you know, us, us as fans, us as analysts, you know, we, we have no skin in the game. You know, we can just, we're, we're not there day in, day out, seeing the things that they see. Um, yep. So that that's where, I mean, there are bad general managers. There are bad coaches. They usually don't last long in the league. Um, and when people think they are bad, I mean, for years, people thought Eric Spolster was bad. Turns out he's, he's actually a damn good coach. Right. Um, so anyway, I tend to defer to the expert. I don't like going to my doctor and telling him exactly what's wrong with me. I like my doctor to tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, just because I've Googled it and I've discovered that I have cancer doesn't mean I have cancer. That's Maybe right. the doctor is like, no, it's just anxiety. Um, <laughs> here, take this. So I I do defer a lot towards those people that are there day in, day out, not saying that they're, you know, that they are beyond criticism. But you, you have to keep that in mind. Like these people are not actively trying to lose their jobs. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, John, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. We'll follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham. We can listen to you locally on the franchise at 107.7. And uh, we'll, you've done some stuff for Daily Thunder recently, so go check that out. And there will be more stuff from, for Daily Thunder for both of us coming up. Uh, have a great Wednesday, and uh, be sure to send in some questions for our fry pod, and have a wonderful day.